your regularly scheduled program to bring you this John Pod News Team exclusive, COVID Chronicles, America in Lockdown. We send you now to the John Pod Studios and your host, Dustin Jones. Once again, we return to the John Pod Studios. We are live, kind of, for another uh, edition of the COVID Chronicles. I am your host, Dustin Jones, and of course the COVID Chronicles are brought to you by Just Another White Guys Podcast. We are trying to bring a little levity, a little light, a little joy, a little fun in the darkness that is uh, this global pandemic. And uh, I turn once again to one of the brightest lights in our sky, one of the most amazing people that I know, one of the most handsome men that I know, one of the most... (laughs) The most loving, caring, best head of hair, best uh, best uh, use, uh, best man with a girl's name, <laughs> the legend himself, Dana Wessels, back on the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, thank you. That was that was a lovely intro. That that almost made me tear up. Me that she wrote that. That was that that, that might have been the nicest thing in the news ever said to me. So thank you. That's what I was going for. I really wanted to. I wanted to invoke some emotion here, and, and this because uh, none of us, uh, none of us are emotionally uh, vulnerable or raw or uh, like an open nerve. Basically, these are these are quite emotional times. Let's just be honest with you. So I, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, my emotions have not been awesome this week. Um, over under the number of times you've cried this week is five. Uh, I'm I'm probably under, but it's it might be around there. It's weird. It'll hit me at random times, you know. Like I I finished Super Mario RPG last night, and I just I got a little overwhelmed because it was almost just like, oh man, I don't I, I don't get to hang out with these characters, my buddies anymore, you know. Like it's it's not like a particularly sad game either, you know. It's it's a Mario game at the end of the day. You, you get the seven stars, and you know your buddy goes off to the Gino you know, goes off to the back to the Star World and stuff. Like it's it's you know it's cor- it's corny Mario stuff. And I was like, man, I, I was I mean, I'd always look forward to it every day getting to hang out with these guys and go on adventures with them. And now like the game's over and I don't I don't I don't get to hang out with Mario and and Peach and Malo anymore. Like this is kind of bumming me out, you know. <laughs> so it hits me at times like that, you know, where it's like. Not something overtly sad, but just something like that that just all of a sudden is like, dang, man. Like, these guys were my boys. We hung out, like, every day for the last three weeks. Or, you know? <laughs> now, obviously, you uh, you are an essential employee uh, in your uh-huh. uh, in your world. But uh, things, uh, COVID hit close to home this week for you um, as uh, you actually went into quarantine at your home um, and did your radio show, which sounded awesome, by the way. And, thank you. Uh, you, guys, thank you. you guys did a great job, but that's because your co-host Ben actually had now because of the way they're because of the way they're testing or not testing in Minnesota. He was kind of a presumed positive, correct? Presumed positive, but he hadn't been showing symptoms long enough. They said he went in on like day two of symptoms. They say it's best to be tested between day four and seven. But they said you have all the symptoms, and the way he said it was crazy too. Like he, 
his wife insisted he goes in and she works in the medical field. So he was like, okay, I should listen. You know, so he goes in, she drops her off. Like the doors are locked. Glass doors are locked. He goes out there. He basically has to strip down from his clothes, put a gown on. They bring him into this room where he talks to a doctor via FaceTime on like an, like an iPad that's like covered in plastic. Like it was all very crazy the way he was explaining it to me, but yeah, they sent him home. That was on Sunday night with COVID-19 symptoms. So then all of a sudden I'm not allowed to go out anywhere either. Cause I, you know, close contact with him, shared a small room with them for the last couple of weeks. So I've been, so we kind of just pieced together and doing the show by myself, which we always kind of joke around or like the dream would be, you know, like some of the big head honcho radio guys, you know, like Stern or others, you know, they, they broadcast from their home or, you know, from their vacation home while everybody runs around. And does. I prefer going into the studio, man. Like I was just <laughs> sitting in my room. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> I, I, I felt bad that other people were having to work so hard. And I was just sitting here and, you know, in my undies and, the, and a mighty duck jersey, which you got me by the way. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I want to go in the studio. This is dumb. You, you need, so, yeah. you need to have that mighty ducks jersey on for the patriotism that you had to be uh-huh. feeling as being a, uh, <laughs> keeping america entertained well that that and also because you know like part of it's you know like they wanted me to do you know some instagram stories of you know me here look at this i'm in my room i'm broadcasting you know so i had to put a shirt on you know because i couldn't just do those in my undies i had to at least <laughs> you know be able to broadcast from the chest up and show that like i wasn't just you know with my robin williams uh sweater uh chest hair in play i had to actually uh I had to actually look presentable for the Instagram stories. <laughs> now you never know. The uh, you guys could have generated a whole new batch of Instagram <laughs> followers if you did go full Ro- full Robin Williams. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, we get, we get a whole new like whole new outlet, whole, whole new batch of audience that hadn't really checked us out before because uh, they they see they like they said see the sweater that uh, like, that Robin Williams made famous. They're like, whoa, check out this guy. Now. You have been on the radio basically the whole time that this has been going on. Um, yeah. Have Have you noticed a change in audience interactions or the way your audience is feeling? Or it, it, like um, I know you guys are still getting some. I would imagine you're still getting some people to call into you, but with the, with yeah. the patterns of people, you know, there's less people commuting. There's less people mm-hmm. maybe necessarily doing their regular day to day routine. What what things have you noticed that are different just from from what you're doing? On our yeah, we definitely noticed something different. We always we noticed people aren't getting up as early, you right. know, because I mean, say you got to be at work at nine. Well, being at work at nine and going from point A to point B with a thirty minute commute and getting ready, coffee, all that, it's a lot different than getting being at work at nine when you're rolling out, putting on a dirty sweatshirt and sitting in front of a laptop. So we noticed people are getting up later. Um, we've been encouraging people, you know, because a lot of people, they have their routines and it's their routine is listening in the car, but so we're encouraging people. There's other ways to listen, you know, with the apps and stuff and um, interaction has still been good. You know, we have loyal audience too. And I think a lot of people, you know, like we talk a little bit, you know, when we do like a news segment or something, we give updates on it, but what I've noticed what people's kind of moods has been is they just kind of want us to kind of do the show as normal, you know, as normal as possible, yeah. you know, still move around, don't have, you know, cause we could just do like a somber, sad sack show, but nobody, no, they don't want that right now. They want us to, to be keep them informed with what's the latest to here in Minnesota specifically, but also, you know, goof around, tell jokes, make fun of each other, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause we've got reached out to a lot of people have reached out to us and said, and thanked us for, you know, for, 
kind of like the one normal constant in their routine so far has been the fact that, you know, we're still, you know, playing music and goofing around with each other. So that, that's been good for, I think them and for us too, you know, because getting to wake up and still do the show every morning. has kind of been one mic, one concert too. And then the show ends and it's like, okay, now what do I do for 20 hours? You know, (laughs) you're like, uh, you're like a professional wrestler who, uh, is, is always making towns, but, and like you get to have that 20 minutes of going in the ring, uh, and, mm-hmm. and you get to do your thing, but then you're just sitting around waiting to have that thing happen again because you don't know what to do with the rest of your time. <laughs> Pretty much, yes, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully like, you don't. Right. Hopefully, you, you're not like Jake the Snake Roberts. You don't turn to uh, uh, devious uh, sexual exploits and uh, copious <laughs> amounts of drugs. No, I have not. Uh, I have not gotten to that yet. Although uh, I still do enjoy my white claws on the weekends, actually. So I, I got that going for me. <laughs> Isn't it nice that uh, white claws were back in time for uh, for this outbreak? You, everyone could could really enjoy them now. I know it's kind of like it came white claw season. I mean, yeah, that's one thing I've been trying to look for is silver linings of this whole thing. Because obviously everything sucks, but you look for silver linings, you know, like yeah, it's white claw season, you know, and it's grilling season, and also like I was thinking too. You know, a lot of people, they worry about, you know, like trying to get shape or get a beach spot. Don't need to have a beach spot. There's no beach to go to this summer. Silver lining, Dustin. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And then also, too, did you see this, too? Uh, you'll appreciate this, that there's, like, the biggest chicken wing surplus in the history of the country right now. Whoa. Because there's no March Madness. And because March Ma- March is one of the busiest week months for sports bars, you know, because of the tournament and, right. you know, baseball getting started and all that. So sports bars stock up. On, on wings intentionally because of March Madness. Sports bars weren't open. We have, we're, in, we're in the middle of the biggest wing surplus this country has ever seen. See, so there are silver linings to all of this. You just got to look. You just got to look a little bit harder than you. Gotta, you you got to dig. You got to dig for them, but they're there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, how are, you, how are you holding up on your end? What are you guys up to down there? You know, um, pretty pretty good. Um, this, this week has been weird emotionally. Um, we had some weird weather early in the week. And so I kind of, not only was I working 12 hours a day, um, from the house, but also there wasn't, the weather wasn't really good to go outside or even, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. We have, we have a yard and we have a pool and we have our patio and stuff like that. So when the weather is at least nice, we can kind of get outside without really having to interact with anyone. So, so that makes it nice, but mm-hmm. we we had some trouble with that earlier this week, just uh, with crappy weather, and uh, you know, so it, it's it's tough. I mean, the this all kind of seemed like a, a really cool uh, thing in terms of like not having to go to work and all that sort of stuff, and turn mm-hmm. leave go to the office at least. Um, but now we're getting to, you know, it, we're heading in towards a month here. And, uh, it started to sink in really at it, first. Yeah. Most first, first started like, Oh wow, this is like camp, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's, yeah, you're right. It's starting to get kind of real, isn't it? And I've, I've really limited the amount of times that I've left the house. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, I, I don't know. It, it's funny because I'm a person who generally enjoys to just stay at home pretty much all the time anyway. But when yeah. you're, when you are required to stay home, basically <laughs> it's a whole different yeah. thing. It's like, I, Wait, you mean I don't have the choice? Like I'm, I, I generally choose to self quarantine and stay away from people. But now, right. I, now when I actually want to do something, like I can't go to the movies, I can't go right. to the bar at the corner, I can't, you know, I can't go get wings. Um, uh-huh. or at least sit at the bar and have wings or whatever. So um, right. that's mm-hmm. been a bit of a struggle. Um, 
you know, and yeah. not uh, having to, um, you know, I, all my family is far away anyway, so I'm I'm distanced mm-hmm. from them. Um, but that feeling of uh, just wanting to jump on a plane and go see my mom has has been uh, really has pulling at me lately, and it just is not mm-hmm. uh, not really in the cards, you know. Right, right. Because you know we all got to stay safe. But yeah, I, I don't know. I know what you mean too about how just because I'm you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth in a, in a number of ways. But one is that like we both do kind of just you know sometimes it's nice to just chill out and not be on and just and flip on TV, watch whatever you know Marvel or Fast movie happens to be uh, showing, and uh, just kind of kick it. But when that's when there's no option, when that's when that's it, you know, it's kind of like oh dang, well. This does get old eventually, I guess. I, we, I guess we kind of found that out, didn't we? <laughs> we absolutely did. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that's definitely been helping, though, is uh, jumping on the Go uh, the Go Radio MN dot uh, com website and looking at Dana's blog, which uh, I highly recommend. We all have time, so there's no excuse for you lazy bastards to not go to this <laughs> website and go check it out. Uh, but uh, He's up to volume XII. I don't know what those mean. Are those some sort of uh, fancy old numbers or something? Those are those are Roman numerals, <laughs> and uh, I I only I only know what they are because of the Rocky movies and then some of the WrestleManias that used to use I, them as I was well. Gonna, I was going to say I was a little bit disappointed that you had to look up uh, the Roman numerals already when you had to get to six because. I would have assumed that you uh, would have just uh, reverted back to your uh, WrestleMania memories. And, yeah, uh, switch from switch from Rocky memories to WrestleMania memories. But there's a little bit there's a little bit of a dark spot in my wrestling. Like I really picked up wrestling like hardcore around WrestleMania nine. So those first six, seven, eight was kind of hard for me. Then once we got to nine, ten, then uh, then I was flying again. You know, then I was you know I would literally as I was like right in the room in the numeral, I was like recap like that WrestleMania in my head. You know. <laughs> But it, it might get trouble once we get to like, let's see, because then they, they did like WrestleMania 2000 where they didn't do a Roman numeral for one of them. So that one might be tricky. <laughs> Correct. But that is, uh, let's see. So that's, that's 16. Okay. So that's going to be, that is going to be XVI. Look at you. All right. I'm hold on. I got to jot that down. You're, <laughs> I'll hey, give you a show when I get up there too for it. I, I'm, for happy, the, for I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy to help out with the Roman numerals. I was fortunate enough. I att- attended WrestleMania XXVI, which was WrestleMania 26, where mm-hmm. our where our beloved HBK had his final WrestleMania. God, that was a good performance. match. I was uh, I was a little bit emotional. It would it came up on uh, a, a thing I was watching this morning. My sleep has been terrible. Um, yeah, the last few nights and. Um, so I was I I slept from uh, 11:45 p.m. to uh, 2:55 a.m. this morning. Um, oh, that's that's normal. And then totally. And then I got <laughs> up and and as one does, just started watching old professional wrestling matches. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But also, I I I've been really struggling with WWE announcing lately. Um, mm-hmm. So I did a thing where I turned on the match turn off the volume and put in my earbuds to listen to the uh the oral history of the office oh nice yeah which is fantastic mm-hmm. and i know that you got did you, you got the physical book so you were reading it reading it correct 
Well, kind of the physical book. I, I got the, it's on my phone, so oh, okay. it's like gotcha. so much physical, but yeah, I am actually reading with my eyes and not my ears for sure. Are, did you finish it? I am about halfway through right now. I've been intentionally uh, not finishing it because uh, as we, uh, if you're just joining us, if you haven't heard earlier, um, we're in a little bit of middle, middle, middle of a quarantine right now, nowhere to go. So it's one of those ones where I know I could burn through in one sitting, but I've intentionally kind of limiting myself to kind of savor it a little bit. So I'm about halfway through and it is absolutely fascinating for someone who I'm a big fan of the show and I'm learning. I thought I knew a lot about that show. I'm learning so much stuff that I had no idea about it. It is fascinating. All the stuff that behind the scenes, the writer's room and stuff. Like, have you finished it yet? I am. I'm almost done. I am at, Let's see, where am I at here? I think the audiobook, I want to say, is like 14 hours in total. Mm-hmm. And I am, I have two hours and 40 minutes left. Okay, so you're cranking through then. Yeah, I'm on I'm on chapter 25. Okay, yeah, you're loving it too, obviously. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just up to, I, I'm just up to uh, Steve Carell is left. And they've uh, brought in uh, Will Ferrell um, to be uh, D'Angelo, and yep. which is a great story. Um, how how that all ends up happening. Um, the one thing that I wish there was more of in this book is more from Steve Carell. Right. I know he doesn't like to do too many interviews about it and stuff. So I'm thinking all the stuff that they got from Steve was probably the stuff that the author had pulled from previous interviews and yeah. sound bites and stuff like that. Cause I know he's not really one. Like I was actually surprised that he jumped on with John Karzinski the other day to do that little thing. You that know, was that absolutely did together, fabulous. Which was amazing. Yeah. He does that. Um, you know, we need some good news thing and also shout, Steve out, Carell shout out to the people at some good news. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. But I know even, do you ever listen to the um, office ladies podcast? I do uh, Angela and Jenna Fisher. So it's it's Pam and Angela who play, and they kind of they kind of talk with Steve almost like hushed tones, you know, because they don't really he doesn't really come to the reunions or when they hang out and stuff. And Jenna at one point she said like, oh, I had a question. I was wondering about something about this episode, so I actually called Steve and Angela's like, you called Steve? Oh my god! <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it it kind of seems like he's kind of not really on that playing field anymore, you know. So I, it doesn't surprise me that. He didn't really want to sit down and do, you know, a 20-hour, two-part interview for this book, you know, well, which is important. Well, when you get a little bit further along in the book, you may find out some reasons why that is. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I, I saw some of those kind of spoilers because that, that was kind of one of the juicy nuggets of the book is that he didn't really want to leave. NBC was just kind of like, oh, all right, well, bye. You know, so, which is pretty crazy to me that, I mean, well, especially it, knowing we know know about the show but how kind of it kind of went downhill pretty much once he left yeah well the the interesting thing is and and for you know spoilers for people that you know haven't gotten this far in the book or or, or you have been saving it because uh, also side note to uh, just as closer get to our, our uh, production team you please uh insert uh, a breaking news banner uh regarding uh this quote-unquote quarantine that we've been talking about not really sure yeah. what that is um, but uh if you could please mix that in yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> but uh, it, it came at a very weird time in NBC Universal's history um, because sure, it, yeah. his contract kind of coincided with the sale of NBC Universal to Comcast. 
and sure. the transition okay. from someone who was very terrible at his job, uh, um, Zucker, um, mm-hmm. and who blew up the whole Conan Jay Leno thing. Which, by the way, if you if you are at all interested in the Jay Conan stuff, I highly recommend Bill Carter's book, um, the the Late Shift, or no, the the yeah. Late Shift. The Late Shift is the first one. Uh, the, the War the, for Late Night. The War for Late Night. It's fantastic. That book, right? Yep. That that one is that one's got all kinds of juicy deliciousness in it. Mm-hmm. Probably because it has so much directly from Conan. Yeah, <laughs> I think Conan's camp was happy to uh, happy to jump in and uh, you know do interviews and also kind of maybe give some stuff anonymously too. <laughs> Correct. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting timing stuff in terms of. Uh, the power dynamics that were changing over mm-hmm. at M- at NBC at the time, and it, it kind of felt like they didn't appreciate him, right? Because it sounded it kind of sounds like he wanted to stay, and no one was like, "Well, you know, we really want you to stay too." So let's figure it out. Uh huh. So underappreciated, and yeah, and yeah, just. <laughs> Too bad it ended that way, but still, I mean, what an amazing show. I mean, it's got us, which is crazy to me that it's still so popular. I feel like it's more popular now than it was even when it was on the air. Do you agree with that? I, I do, and I think that's that's definitely definitely the Netflix of it all because <laughs> you have all of the people that liked it when it was on. Uh-huh. And I, I was not a person that watched The Office when it was live on TV for the first, I don't know, maybe six seasons. Yeah, um, like I ca- I was late to the office. Um, we caught up uh, on DVD. Um, you know, they had, uh, also kids. Um, DVDs are yeah. these uh, discs um, <laughs> that you put into a machine that played. Uh, you also that had to change Netflix them for you. you also, yeah, it played Netflix. It was a disc that played Netflix for you, but it was only <laughs> one show. Yeah, and it was only like four episodes only, at a time. Only, then you had to put in the then you had to put the Netflix two disc. <laughs> correct. Well, I'm I'm old enough to side tangent here. I'm old enough yeah. to remember actually when Netflix was getting DVDs in the mail. Really? Oh yeah, no, I I was too. I remember that me and my roommate had an account, and we would fight over like what the queue would be of, you know, what would go where and stuff like that. And then when the streaming thing came out, we were like, what's this? You know. <laughs> I also had uh, the the crappy. Uh, Although I know that this company holds a special place in your heart, the uh, the uh, crappy blockbuster version of Netflix. Yeah, that, that was trash. <laughs> it's I really I, it's really hard for me to see how Blockbuster uh, didn't last as a company. Well, I mean, there's that old story too about how they had the opportunity to buy Netflix or something like five million bucks, and they like laughed and said no way. <laughs> well, they would have uh, they would have ruined it. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because we would yeah we'd, even work out. We'd be getting we'd be getting an Apple TV documentary about how uh, Netflix died fifteen years ago. Uh huh. Because of yeah, because of how Blockbuster ruined it. Even working at the company as a young lad, I was like, this list doesn't really run all that well. <laughs> but but to, but to a, go back to the the popularity of the office, it, yeah. it, you have all of the people that watched it at the time. All of mm-hmm. the people that have then subsequently continued to find the show. So mm-hmm. you have everyone that already liked it, people that have liked it and, redis- and and discovered it later, and then people that continue to discover it. So you just have all of these people. Like it's not mm-hmm. like you a TV show that 
and, and it just goes to show you it's the stories resonate so well with people. Um, you yeah. Because quite frankly, so many people have jobs that they absolutely hate. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, if anything, I think this quarantine has shown people just how unhappy they are or were driving into their offices every day. And yeah. uh, I don't know. It's uh but that the 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 show is just has so much heart and they cared so much about you know making it uh, different than any other show on TV really. And um right. Shout and out to good writers too. Yeah. Speaking of him and uh, Carell, I'm excited for that new Netflix show. The Space Force is coming out at the end of May. That's something to look forward to. Yes, yeah, we uh, we have to, you know, you, like you said in your blog, you got to find the silver lining. So it's got to uh, find things to look forward to, you know, no matter what it may be. Like even you know, like SNL is new again this Saturday, which which should be interesting to see. I I, I try to find little things like that that kind of to kind of keep you going because you kind of need those things, you know. Like, Absolutely. Uh, because if I focus on all the things that I'm not going to get that I was supposed to get, like the fact yeah. that I'm not going to be seeing Dave Grohl perform his tunes in a week um, mm-hmm. that I was supposed to be doing, uh, then uh, it keeps me from, you know, throwing things. Should we should we get into the uh, the Dustin Foo Fighters jinx, or should we just save that for save that sad story for another day? Well, I, I did touch on it a bit uh, in the podcast that I just recently did with Jesse Skelly. Um, that we yeah. won't, that we won't, that I won't drag you down that road again. Yeah, my it's, friend. you know, it's interesting because he, he, he had a, uh, a band that not so much that he was, uh, that he had regularly purchased tickets to, and then something would happen and he couldn't go. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I am really a jinx. I am the Foo Fighters jinx. And it's funny because our mutual, uh, Twitter friend, Carly, who is yep. a Foo Fighter, who makes us look like. Uh, pedestrian fighter fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she she had DM'd me when those uh, shows were announced, and I had, had tweeted about that I was going to two of them. She's like, well, you know, you know for sure that these won't be canceled because, you know, de- there's no way that this could happen to you again and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I'm God. like, so am I the jinx or did she jinx this one? Or she the jinx or yeah. Or maybe we could even take it a step further and say, I mean, the reason these shows were canceled is because of the coronavirus. Did you, because of the Foo Fighters jinx also cause the coronavirus Dustin? I mean, who's to say really? I mean, it's there. I mean, there's evidence to support that theory too. (laughs) You son of a bitch. I can't believe that you would even, but I think it's possible that I did. Yeah, <laughs> Dustin Jones created. We find Dustin Jones created the created the coronavirus because of in an extension of the Foo Fighters jinx. <laughs> wow, that's thanks, is, thanks, pal. This is a new this is a new six degrees of Kevin Bacon whole scenario that we got going on here. Yeah, I just somehow worked it out in my head to convince you to um that uh you had uh caused coronavirus is there any other, is there is there any other way that you could fit could you tie me into other world tragedies could you somehow time tie me to uh being not the cause of 9-11 or the holocaust or yeah, darfur yeah. or uh, the extinction I mean, of dinosaurs can you tie me back to all of those things just to make me feel better I mean, I mean, you are you are in Texas, and you know, were you are you some sort of tribe time traveler? Were you, were you there on the grassy knoll and JFK got shot? I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas here. I mean, it's, the possibilities are endless, Dustin. I think we both can agree 
that there's only one person to blame for all of this, and that is Obama. <laughs> exactly. It's, Thanks, Obama. <laughs> it's really, I think, you know what? I, I think we all know the real cause of this, and that's because someone that we know uh, was overdosing themselves on vitamin C. And yeah, uh, we, yeah. we should talk about the dangers of vitamin C because, I mean... I'm pretty sure, not 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 for nothing, but I'm pretty sure it says right on the package to not take more than one of those a day. Yeah, but who reads packaging, Dustin? Okay, I don't know. If you if you read the packaging of beers, it would probably say something about like enjoying moderation. But screw that, you know. <laughs> whoever whoever had fun doing that. <laughs> so so the story goes like this, you know, like everybody, we're trying to be safe right now. Yep. Trying to um, do everything we can, mask, gloves, everything, taking precautions. So. I got one of those like 50 packs or 75 packs of the emergency, like little powdery things that you get. I and have one as well. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep in that, keep in that vitamin C. I'm going to stay healthy. And then I was like, well, what's better than like, you know, some vitamin C, how about some more vitamin C? So, and they don't taste, they taste pretty good too. So all of a sudden you I was like, nice little, like, you get that nice little fizz. Yeah, exactly. That little fizzy drink, you know? So suddenly like, I'm housing like, six or seven of these emergency packet things a day, you know? And then I'm noticing like I got a headache, got stomach cramps. I pulled a muscle in my butt. Like I'm noticing all these things. And at first I'm like, what's going on? Like, am I getting the Corona? Are these early symptoms of the coronavirus? And then I started to think like, wow, I've had a lot of vitamin C lately. Cause I, as I noticed like I would drink it and I like, I could feel my stomach like cramps as soon as I would like take a sip of it. So I Googled, like, is there such thing as too much vitamin C? And, oh, yeah, it definitely is a thing. <laughs> I was getting I was getting probably, like, like 20 times as much as the daily recommended dose of vitamin C. So I guess there is too much of a good thing, apparently. There is too much of a good thing. Well, I'm glad that uh, you recognized uh, that uh, you were becoming a sea uh, sauce addict and, uh, <laughs> and that you were able to rein in your addiction. Yeah, that was, was, it would have been it would have been sad to have have, have had you fought through coronavirus only to fall yeah. victim to vitamin C. What happened to your buddy Dana? Oh, he kicked in 2020. Oh, coronavirus? No, OD on vitamin C, even worse. <laughs> well, the only the only thing worse than OD on vitamin C is uh, if you're my wife and OD on vitamin D, which is uh, which I which is something that we won't get into because this is a family show. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> smart. Oh, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have transition material for that one. So we'll just move along. No. Uh, yeah. How about it? So one of the recurring, uh, recurring things you have on your blog is uh, is uh, TV shows or or things that people should be watching um, mm-hmm. to, to pass some time. And you went through, and I, I noticed that I know that you crowdsourced movies from people, yep. and I put on one that I felt very strongly about. And I noticed that it wasn't on the list, and I'm I'm a little bit hurt. Oh, by did that. I forget to include it? Yeah, what was it? Let remind uh, me. It's uh, it's it's a little film called Crimson Tide. Oh so, yeah, yeah. I, sh- I God, I should have put it's that a, one on it's there. A, it's a submarine movie starring uh, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. Yeah, a little uh, a little Viggo Mortensen action in there. Your uh, your right. boy James Gandolfini has a has a role in that flick. Oh my um, god, I forgot about that. Be- a beautiful a beautiful uh, supporting performance by a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> Cuz who doesn't want a little dog I, running around on a submarine? Right, yeah. 
I, I can't. I don't. I can't say. I think. I don't know why I didn't include. It. I just, I was grabbing and putting things in alphabetical order. I didn't. I didn't intentionally not include it. But if I did intentionally not include it, or maybe subconsciously didn't, it's because submarine movies give me so much anxiety. Well, I mean that's fair. I also felt that like maybe you just were mad at me for causing the coronavirus. Well, yeah, I mean, there was that too. I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring it back up. I mean, it's like I didn't want to be like, well, I'm not putting this, I'm not putting his movie in I'm here on this list. He's the reason we're making this list in the first place. But I get, I get so claustrophobic and anxious watching watching submarine movies because it's like I, I can't even handle that. It's like where, there's nowhere to go. You know, you're trapped down there. It just, it's, they stress me out big time, dude. Like run silent, run deep, hunt for red October. You know, U five seven one. Like I can't do those flicks, man. They just Oh, U571. I love that movie. Just being in an elevator alone, like, creeps me out. But, like, the thought of being in a submarine and then, like, watching people in submarines in danger for two hours just terrifies me. Same thing with, like, Apollo 13. Like, I can't do that flick, man. They just, I know it's great, but it just stresses me out because it's like they're stuck up there. There's nowhere to go, you know? So your your claustrophobia uh, and your anxiety about that uh, even – goes to to watching a movie yeah like confined spaces and stuff like it just some people are like oh my god i can't handle slasher movies or the saw movies right. so scary paranormal activity i'm like no dude movies where people are stuck in confined spaces you know like i can't i can't do those dude <laughs> it's like like no no place to go like that just terrifies me so yeah that's that like when people talk about their scariest movies and i bring up something like you know, Hunt for Red October. People are like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh, Friday the 13th. Like, oh my God, Child's Play, Blair Witch Project. I'm like, the submarine movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Any movie with the submarine in it. Yeah. Any movie where they go to space or in the summer. Like, The Martian, I saw that. Oh my God, the one with Matt Damon. I saw that one in the theater and I was just twitching the entire time. <laughs> oh, I love But that's not, he, he's not so much in a, he's, He's literally not in a confined space most of the time because he's on a goddamn desolate planet. <laughs> Which is even worse, dude. <laughs> and he's growing poop food, you know? <laughs> hey, sometimes you gotta grow poop potatoes. <laughs> hey, I, I'm proud he figured it out, but I'm glad that, you know, the virus that you started hasn't led to us to having to grow our own poop potatoes hey, yet. Not yet, not yet. We're, not yet. Uh, it's, it's headed in that direction. But when I'm sitting there at the plate and I'm eating a poop potato, I'm just going to be like, that's fucking Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) That hurts. It hurts so bad. uh, It's it's interesting that you mentioned The the Martian because um, in terms of audiobooks, Mm -hmm. I have have listened to that audiobook probably seven times. Really? It is so fascinating. I know it's it's so cliche and so dumb to say, oh, it's so much better than the movie. The, mm-hmm. the problem, it, it is better than the movie. I do, I love the movie. The movie's fantastic. It's not so much that it's necessarily better. It's just there's so much more detail in the book, and sure. they focus yeah. on so many other things. Like in the uh-huh. book, in the book, the journey from when he leaves um, the the hab to go to the other landing zone. Like, I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. That's like a hundred and fifty page story, like that. Right in the movie, you just kind of like there all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the movie, he just he's he all of a sudden uh, six months later he's there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. No. That. 
if if you it's a lot less about it's a lot less about scary you know I don't know uh, do the do the books do the same thing for you? I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't read too many. I avoid space and submarine books, Dustin. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Believe it or not, I haven't read the uh, novelization of uh, <laughs> of Crimson Tide yet. You know, uh, Crimson I, Tide. I, I, I don't know that Crimson Tide has a novelization. However, Hunt for Red October does, and I'm also currently reading that. Because <laughs> that's Clancy, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I honestly, I'm not big. I'm, I'm not a big, the last nonfiction book I probably read was like Harry Potter. Like when I read, I'm straight nonfiction. Like oh, if you okay. look at my bookshelf, dude, like I'm all nonfiction all the time. Like I just, I don't know. I, I, I like movies that are fiction, obviously fiction, you know, but then I like, I like reading about like just people and shit like that. And, um, the people's movies I like, you know, that's, that's kind of books I like. I don't, I don't really do much. I don't really do much fiction. Wait, the, the Martian was fiction, right? That didn't actually happen. Uh, you correct. The Martian did not okay. actually happen. All right, just just checking. I, I think I, I didn't think, know that. Was I think we would have heard about it. <laughs> I feel like that would have been one of the lessons we learned back in the day, or something. <laughs> yeah, back in. <laughs> uh, I feel like Matt. Da- I feel like Matt Damon would have brought that up at like an Oscar speech at some point. Like, well, I never thought I'd be here when I'm eating my own poop. Look at me now. I just wrote Goodwill Hunting. Yay. <laughs> Oh, so one of the things that I rediscovered, uh, and it's, it's something that you and I talked about, um, because for anyone that doesn't know, I think you and I talk to each other, uh, via text more than we probably talk to, uh, our spouses, um, oh, yeah. or yeah. most yeah. other people in our lives. Uh, uh-huh. you and I are in touch basically 24 seven. It seems like a lot of times we, uh, we, we have a, I would say it's a healthy love of Kevin Smith. Some people would probably say yeah. it's unhealthy. But fuck them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Screw them. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We don't need their opinions anyway. <laughs> I I went back and uh, at your uh, at your suggestion revisited an evening with Kevin Smith. Um, yeah, which the very first one. You're ready. Way back. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I've I've purchased it multiple times, so I kind of felt like I would be okay to illegally download it. Um, but uh-huh. I couldn't find it, so I actually bought it on YouTube. So, so I did. Uh, That's what happened to us too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it's fascinating. But then I was like, okay, this is awesome. But I know that there's more of these. So then I uh-huh. uh, I've since moved to uh, the second one, which is evening harder. Evening harder. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that. The, my favorite part is so in the first one you get the whole print story. Which is uh-huh. absolutely fascinating. I feel like that story is like an hour long. Which what story is that again? The Prince story. Oh yeah, the Prince story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paisley Prince, Park. Prince all doing all this. <laughs> you know, he goes to Paisley Park. He's basically shooting this documentary, all this sort of thing. So then he goes, and is someone asks him an evening harder about did he get any backlash from this? Uh-huh. And first of all, the fact that uh, Prince was so pissed at him. That he name dropped him in an Entertainment Weekly uh, article about how uh, Jersey Girl didn't work because that's what um, that's what uh, happens when uh, the swears don't work no more. And yeah, they're just so <laughs> tremendous. But then he gets the call from the producer Stephanie, and she's like, "It's bad enough you told the story, but you name dropped me specifically." 
<laughs> and then she tells him they tore Paisley Park apart looking for the NDA because apparently everyone that goes to Paisley Park is supposed to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Oh, sure, yeah. And Kevin got the non-disclosure agreement when he got there uh-huh. and looked at it and just never signed it. <laughs> So, full they, the, full so the, they, full the, full the, yeah. So they had no recourse to stop that because you know what would have happened is Prince would have either tried to sue him or uh-huh. tried to get that you know taken out or get those Take DVDs down, taken yeah. off the shelves or whatever. But mm-hmm. that's just incredible. It's it's probably one of those things like he has so many people there and like I bet the NDA almost becomes a formality at some point. It's like oh yeah, you just got to sign this, and then it just Kevin's just like oh yeah, well you know, and it's you know it probably had he has because there's so many stories of people going over there jamming, doing this and that that it probably yeah I could see how Kevin would a not want to sign it and b could get away with not signing it because people are just like man whatever you know and then just go on with their day you know so that's that's awesome Kevin. <laughs> and, and I liked it. I like that he's still he's still like reps. Kevin still reps like his first Avenue head stuff too, which is great. Yeah, Kevin's been uh, Kev's been on the uh, the Instagram and the YouTube's a lot lately. Um, he he really just loves to talk to people, and um, mm-hmm. he's really he's a hero of mine and a beautiful human Definitely. being. And uh, you know, I uh, will continue my love affair with uh, with Kevin Smith. As How we, fun though was it to watch those old that first one that first evening you know one where you know back sweaty cab where with the George and stuff <laughs> and pulling out the old pulling out the old cell phone and calling like Jay so, and stuff on it it's you know so great. <laughs> it's it's so crazy because that doesn't seem like it was that long ago but I guess that was like fifteen sixteen years ago and like no people did have those Nokia's most of that stuff is pre nine is like right around nine eleven so we're talking. 20 years oh, so ago. what, like 20 years ago? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, because, like, Jersey Girl shit hadn't even happened yet. Yeah, okay, that makes sense then, yeah, okay. The the one thing that I did notice is how many douchey people uh, came to those Q&As to just ask the yeah. dumbest questions. I'm just like, yeah, really? Like, why do you think he wants to come and smoke weed with you? Yeah, why exactly. Do you, <laughs> why do you think he, why would you think he wants to read your script? I uh-huh. no. Just, you know. Exactly. I've been in a couple of his audiences when people have, like, asked him questions like that, like, to read stuff, and it's just, it's so cringeworthy. It's like, no, dude, that's not, he, he's so generous with his time, but that's not what he's here for, you know? And, and and another thing about his audience, too, and I've always noticed this when I'm there, and my wife noticed this, one of the first things she said when they panned over one of the audiences in the college, and she's like, wow, Dana, there's a lot of young white dudes in that audience. <laughs> Specifically dudes. You know, not a ton of women in those audiences. <laughs> no. It, the, I think there's a, a few more women in uh, Evening Harder, um, but that's yeah. also in Canada. So, right. So, you know, you got to take the – you got to assume the balance there. I do love in uh, the, the second one where, they, where someone uh, snuggled in a box of Timbits. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he loved – the one is where they from Tim Hortons or something? Yeah, I do love. Really? Me. See, that's how you get. That's how you get attention. You, you you bring them donuts. You don't bring them your script. If you want his attention and some love from him, you bring him food. You don't bring him. You don't bring him your script and be like, "Hey, dude, can you read my uh, my Clerks fan fiction, dude?" You know, like, that's not going to work. <laughs> 
Now, I know that you're a, a lover of the uh, crock-pot cuisine. Mm-hmm, what, uh, do you got any, uh, any, any, any of your latest recipes that you'd like to share with the, uh, the jog pot audience, something that they could, uh, have a go-to in this, uh, in this, uh, quarantine crisis? The quarantine crisis, you see, the thing is, the thing I like about, um, the crock pot is it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's kind of like jazz, you know, where like, there's no real, you know, you kind of just kind of go with the flow. Like I, a lot of times it's kind of like grab some chicken, grab some veggies that I got in there. And I'm like, Oh, there's some hot sauce. I'll throw that in there. A little garlic, you know, and just kind of see what happens. You know, I try not to overthink the crock pot. So I'm not one of those guys that I love the crock pot, but I like its versatility that where I don't need to, you know, like measure out a bunch of ingredients and stuff. I like to kind of just improvise and just start throwing shit in there and just seeing kind of, kind of what comes out, you know? <laughs> and, uh, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> are there are there you times know? are there times where you make something and you're not sure how it's going to taste and you wait to see what Heather's reaction is? Yeah, uh, and then there's sometimes too where you know like we'll make something really good and the leftovers go quickly, and then sometimes they'll be like the leftovers will just sit there until I eventually just throw them out. <laughs> uh, this uh, has been in here for the last month and a half. We should probably yeah. throw that away. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, that's uh, that dated from a long time ago. We're gonna we're gonna cast that one. <laughs> but yeah, no, the crock the crock pot. That's that's the other thing too about the crock pot during the, the Corona is I was using it so many days in a row, dude, and I was making so much. It just gave me something to do, you know. And then all of a sudden, my entire fridge is just filled with you know of those you know Tupperware type things and just filled to the brim with like leftover stuff because it makes you know food for an army basically, but. When it's just me and Heather here, we're not eating a ton, you know. So, uh, so I, I've I've tried to move away from the crock pot. I'm now going to start focusing on the grill that I just got uh, got set up today, which I'm very fired up about. That I know you've seen pictures of it counts constantly. Definitely one of the silver linings of this is the fact that you have upgraded to a Weber. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful piece of art. I feel because it's 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 something to look at. But it also is artistic in the way you can cook your food. Like it's food is an art as well as uh, sustenance for our bodies. And uh, exactly. I look forward to seeing the masterpieces that you create with this grill. What uh, what are you looking for as uh, the first? What's going to be your first thing that you you grill on there? We got uh, we ordered because you know we're ordering groceries right now. Cause we're, I'm not allowed to leave the house, so we ordered some uh, some meat from. Um, Byerly, along the Byerly, the grocery chain, you know, and um, got uh, got some steaks, which Heather doesn't eat. Got some broths, which Heather doesn't eat. So tonight, I think we're gonna make some big, big fat pub burgers because that's what that's something she will eat. So, I think for the very first meal tonight, we're gonna make some big pub burgers and some potatoes and some, uh, some maybe some vegetables on the grill too. That sounds absolutely uh, divine. I think uh, the first when I got my first grill, I, I I made New York strips. I think the very first time. Very first one, yeah. Oh God, so good. Now I need to. We had. I need to fire we up. We had. Grill. We had a. Uh, we had communal communal grills here at our building, you know. And I had a grill at our old place, but it was it, it had been like five or six years, and it was I kind of got that one on the cheap, you know. So I just kind of uh, ended up just leaving it on the deck, and the new one. <laughs> like oh, we got communal grills at the new place, but. Uh, ever since you created this virus for us, uh, I don't really trust communal, communal grills at this point. So I was like, you know what? I need my own, and I'm going to do a good one. So I got the Weber. So I'm, I'm I'm pumped about it. Now I've created the virus. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
choke just escalated. <laughs> just it's the pain, the pain that I've caused for so many people. I really, I am sorry. I'm. Thank you. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. We, 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 I'm so sorry, we, everyone. We don't. We don't accept, but you know, we appreciate <laughs> that you realize it. Okay. <laughs> Before we wrap things up here today, yeah. I, I, I wanted to jump back because mm-hmm. we talked a, a lot about the office. And in one of your blogs, uh, you, ta- you you listed your top five episodes. Yes. And there is one very controversial episode on this list that yeah, I'd love is. to talk about. <laughs> and we'll go through the whole list um, because there are some all-timers on here. Um, mm-hmm. It's so much good stuff. Um, num- the number five that you have listed is the Dundies. Um, mm-hmm. which is season two, the episode one, the very first Dundies. It's a, an absolutely brilliant episode. And I, I drunk Pam is tremendous. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that one of the things you learn in this, in, in the book is that they, they weren't, they didn't want her, uh, the people from Chili's didn't want <laughs> her to be a super drunk person throwing up. And so then they actually had to make it that she was stealing other people's drinks. Drinks, yeah. So that so Chili's was not over serving her to the point where she would make an ass of herself and throw up, but she was stealing no, it, other it was people's her drinks. Fault. <laughs> Which I know that on Chili's because uh, I'm on the short list of people that can probably say they've been cut off at Chili's. They are they they are strict about their uh, their drink rules at Chili's. So. Good on them, but yeah, that was a hilarious like little tidbit they didn't realize that they they were nice enough to like redecorate this place with all their chilies gear and make it look official and stuff. And then they're like, "Oh no, no, no! You can't have her getting drunk at chilies." <laughs> and then uh, you you uh, you put number four, uh, threat level midnight. Mm-hmm. What uh, uh, yeah. what is it about threat level midnight that speaks to you? Just it's so it's so goofy, it's so funny, it's it's so unexpected too. Because Threat Level Midnight, that movie that Michael Scott had, you know, written stuff. You know, it's been long been like a running joke. And you never imagined you'd see it, and then to see everybody, and then like all the cameos everyone's making, and the way they kind of like show like they show Karen Filippelli in it to show that like oh this has been filmed over the course of many years now, you know, and. It was just so bizarre and weird and fun, and it just you could see how much these characters enjoy just doing something so out outside the like the realm of the office, you know. And it just it kills me every time, especially the extended version on YouTube. I think they have it where it's like a half an hour long, even without commercials, and it's so funny. Well, yeah, they they shot it as just a standalone, and uh-huh. I, I we'll we'll t- we'll just dis- once you finish the book. We'll come back and talk about Threat Level Midnight because there's Perfect. some cool stuff that you haven't read yet that I don't want to give away. Um, and so we'll, we'll definitely have to revisit that But because there's some fun stuff to talk about with, uh, with that episode. Uh, number three, The Injury. Yeah, just, I mean, it was another season two uh, episode, which is, I think is by far probably my favorite season just because it was one that hooked me. And honestly, honestly whole- season two of The Office – is top to bottom, I think, the best season of television ever made. Yeah, it really is. It's just so good. And then, like that quote of he's like, I enjoy breakfast in bed. You know, <laughs> you, you, I go to you, sleep and wake up. <laughs> yeah, you put the you put the whole quote in here. I enjoy having yeah. breakfast in bed. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. And since I didn't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So most nights before I go to bed, 
I lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the grill, I go back to sleep again, and then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It's delicious. It's good for me. It's the perfect way to start the day. Today I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and it clamped down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to believe about that. <laughs> Everything about that is so perfect because it's like the most ridiculous story ever that like if if you or I or and one of our other friends or something like ever said we'd okay, no way, but it's so perfectly believable that Michael Scott would actually do that. You know? <laughs> it really it really just is it's so absurd that it's brilliant. Uh, and then, like, there's the whole episode of him, like, feeling like he's the one that injured, not Dwight. And even at the end, when he's, like, trying, like, to put his foot in, like, the MRI machine. <laughs> when Dwight, with the real concussion, the head injury that he's been throwing up over, is getting pulled back into the MRI machine. Just all too brilliant. So we will we'll save number two for just a moment. Yeah. We'll jump yeah. to your number one episode because it, it really is the all-time number one episode that people talk about, and that's Dinner Party. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's so brilliant. Um, the <laughs> the flat-screen TV is just... Uh, it's so mad. If one of the things... Not only you mentioned that they have um, Threat Level Midnight, the full movie, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, uh, someone has uh, posted several different uh, uh, outtakes videos from The Office where mm-hmm. they have like oh, uh, yeah. all the deleted... Not necessarily the deleted scenes, but all the flubs and all the, the you know the okay, breaks yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this one is just... They they can't they can't even get the sh- get through the shot because every time they do the flat screen TV, think they all someone start loses it and it's just oh god. And, and it, Jim laughs and Jim has like the highest the John Krasinski you know like has like the highest pitch like giggle ever when he breaks and it's so funny and like they're like all right action and then like they won't even say anything and he'll immediately just start cut breaking again and it, that is so funny to watch. One uh, of the yeah. one of the underrated parts of that episode to me is uh Jan the Jan cooking stuff where she's yeah. like I'm gonna start the Asabuco right now it's gonna take four <laughs> and a half hours to cook and it's already yeah. like seven o'clock and she's yeah. like well they don't eat dinner until in Spain until ten o'clock Pam <laughs> every single line of that episode is so brilliant and I I love the chapter of that book. You know, because I I just got through that one recently when they're talking about it, and when they're talking about how they got to subscript, um, submit scripts to the studio, and the studio's got to sign off on them, and like they submitted this one, and the studio goes, "It's dark." Yeah. Like, yep. It it's really dark. Yep. It's really really dark. They're like, "Yep." And they go, "All right, here we go. Good luck." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess I mean, that was I thought about maybe going hot takey or something or maybe like fun, but that's just clear cut. I mean, if you Google like top ep- office episodes and read like a hundred different blogs, I feel like 99 have that one as number one. Absolutely. Now I would say a couple honorable mentions that don't make your list, uh, but certainly first come to mind for me, Office, office Olympics. Oh yeah. Uh, fire Drill. Another season two episode. Yep. Fire Drill, another classic. The great part about Fire Drill, and I didn't know this because I didn't watch it live at the time, was Fire Drill is a one-hour episode that is cut into two parts because it was a one-hour episode that directly followed the Super Bowl. 
Yep, I remember that, yeah. So that cold open of Fire Drill was the first thing that people saw after the Super Bowl ended. And that is uh-huh. just so amazing to me that it just... And, uh, yeah, it's so great, too, because think about it, you have the biggest audience, and all of a sudden they see this, and whether they've seen the show or not, you're like, this is something I need more of in my life. A hundred percent. Also, I feel like Jim and Pam's wedding deserves to be high up on the list. That was a tough one. I was going between that one and Threat Level Midnight. Um, I, I like that one a lot. Um, I just, I, I was going back and forth. That was, I knew Dundee's was going to be on there because that was the first one I ever saw that got me into the show. And then I was going back and forth at four whether or not I was going to put Threat Level Midnight or Jim and Pam's Wedding. And I, I ended up going Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> The, the, the problem with, and it's a great problem to have, is that there are so many fantastic episodes that mm-hmm. it, it's hard to make a, a, a five-episode list. Especially when you're going to go with a number two that uh, we all have to say is, uh, it's controversial to it have is, it, it at is. the top of the, so high up on the list. But that's Scott's Tots. <sighs> An episode that I, I found out that you either extremely love or when you're doing the rewatch of The Office, like we all do, you just completely skip that episode altogether. <laughs> I would never skip it, mm-hmm. but is the cringiest 22 minutes of TV maybe that I ever have watched outside I, of, outside of some I, sort of terrible reality show. Right. And I feel like that's why I appreciate it because it is just like the culmination of this character that's like wants to make everybody happy and thinks he has plenty of time to make this happen. And then he's at school and they sing the song and he <laughs> pulls out the computer chargers. <laughs> the lithium, the fact that he bought all these kids lithium ion batteries for their laptops is just. It's just. It's so. It's so awful and so amazing. And it's like. But at the same time, like, I kind of feel like he's trying to do something. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's the thing we like about this guy. He has a good heart, and his heart was in the right place. And he thought, like, well, I have all this time. I'm definitely going to be able to do this. Because at the end of the day, all he wants to do is please people and, like, have friends. And then so he makes this big – and he gets caught up in the moment, you know. So he makes this big grandiose problem or big um, proclamation and promise and stuff. And then it comes back to – you know, obviously vitamin. <laughs> like, I think the one, the one scene though, one that kills me the most is when Aaron's driving him back to the office and she's like humming the song, but <laughs> what you can do, what you going to do to make your dreams come true. <laughs> oh gosh. Th- th- that book has definitely so, yeah. made me just want, I need, I just, I'm ready for a re-binge of uh, the office. I know it's it's still so good. It's still so timeless, and it just still holds up so well even now. It's even was better now. I think it just especially it's one of those shows where you know the funny parts are coming, and you still laugh your asses off. You know, that's that's the brilliance of the show is that it uh, you 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 can just take the ride with them every time, and mm-hmm. the the humor is always there, and and you can you notice you pick up other new things, you pick up. Uh, you know, it's 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 like a warm, it's like it's like a comfortable blanket or a, a uh, yeah, or your completely. favorite or your favorite uh, your favorite pajama pants. Right, yeah, like like those soccer shorts that I slide on when I get home. You know, it's just they just feel right and it's just good and it's just comforting. And 
it's just they're always it's always there for you you know what i mean even during these uh awful pandemic uh quarantine virus uh times now speaking of soccer we're we're desperately <laughs> missing sports uh, we are <laughs> I, I i do worry that sports are going to try to come back too soon and right. bad things are going to happen because there's money involved anytime the money is involved now i did see something interesting today they they were Floating a proposal uh, on doing uh, baseball in Florida mm-hmm. and Arizona and reshuffling yeah. things. So basically it would be spring training leagues. So you'd have the Grapefruit League and you'd have the Cactus League and all of those teams would just play there in those states. Wow. Again, that just doesn't, it's still, I mean, and then you bring people away. It just, it doesn't seem wise to me, you know, like if there wasn't money involved, they won't be doing it. If you're just worrying about human lives, you wouldn't be doing it, you know, but uh, I don't know. It just, it just seems like I'm worried that one league is going to try to bring it back too soon. And then like, so say they do start that. And then all of a sudden, you know, one guy gets test positive, you know, like the weekend of the season, then what do you do? You got to shut it all back down again. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's such a sticky thing. And it's, it's so hard because obviously we've never been through any of this. So it's not like there's a playbook involved of, you know, how do you navigate professional sports during a, you know, global epidemic, you know? So I just, I just, I just hope that they do the smart thing and wait until like it's clear that they can do it safely and that nobody tries to rush it because I feel like that's the last thing we need is come back too soon. And then all of a sudden have to like start completely over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But how amazing would it be if we got to like, September and we have uh-huh. and we have baseball, football, basketball and hockey all going at the same time. Yeah, then we're not going to want to leave the house again, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then then I won't leave the house for the reasons I usually don't leave the house. Yeah, because there's so many good sports and so many good live things on TV. Exactly. But uh, yeah, it is it is weird about sports and it's like you try to find that itch to watching competitions. I I've been taking like watching game shows just cuz I like to see things where people win or lose, you know. <laughs> Are you uh, are you enjoying the uh, the college tournament of uh, the college Jeopardy tournament? Yeah, it's 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 been a good it's been a good tournament so far. As you know me, I love my Jeopardy. It's obviously not as good as the tournament of champions, and it's still a lot better than the team tournament. Which which the team tournament's good because at least it makes you feel good about yourself when you're watching it because you know you get most of the questions right. But no, the college tournament's pretty good, and it's it's all, it's just fun to see tournament Jeopardy and. I think we're running out of new episodes too, because you know they, they we're seeing new episodes now just because they film in advance. But I'm, I think we're getting close to the point where, um, like they're caught up in real time and they right. won't have any more new episodes, which would be a huge bummer because, you know, that's still one of the last things they still have. You know, like we're talking about just constants. It's like, well, at least Jeopardy's been new every day. <laughs> the uh, the one thing that just prior to switching over to the college tournament, the last couple weeks of Jeopardy. They were pretty awful. Yeah, they were pretty well. Like, they, we, I think we we went like twelve straight episodes without a, re, a back-to-back champion. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think man, you're right. It was, like it was rough. It was rough. But at the other day, I still just appreciate it though because a it's Jeopardy, and then b we're still getting Alistair back in our lives. So I'll take I'll take a bad episode over a lot of things. One hundred percent. Now you you mentioned that uh, that you've been watching some game shows. Uh, you you have Amazon Prime. Yes, I do. Okay, it's good on there. I have a couple. I have a couple. I have a couple for you to check out. Uh, Lay them on me. 
one supermarket sweep. Yes, that's what you're saying. I've been watching that, dude. It is so good. <laughs> so awful and so amazing. I watched uh-huh. it. I I, wa- I used to watch it when it was on. Uh, when Me I, too. When Me I would too. be staying at my grandmother's house, the, we were always watching. There was that one, and then there was one that was like in a mall. Oh, yes. I do I remember, remember that one. I don't what that one is called. I don't think that one's uh-huh. on there. No. And then the other one is an all-timer. Press your luck. Yeah. <laughs> Big bucks, no whammies. Big bucks, no whammies. I say that all the time. And, it, and that's the game show that, that I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary of the guy that figured out the pattern yes. and like broke the game show. Yes, that one is so good. <laughs> so I definitely, also, I, I definitely recommend anyone with Amazon Prime dip into There's tons of old game shows on Amazon Prime. And they're so funny, too, just because, I mean, A, it's just like, I mean, it's everything. It's a slice of life from, like, 1980 or 1990, you know, like, the outfits, the hairstyles, the people, what the prizes are, you know? Like, it's just it's just so fun to watch. It's so fascinating to me to watch. I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that will sit there and dive right into, uh, like, four straight episodes of Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> not at all. Um, also, I, w- I want to give you an opportunity here to talk about uh, someone whose bandwagon you've been on for a very long time and who uh-huh. is having yet another uh, moment to shine, uh, your guy, Guy Fieri. Oh, yes. Out there exactly. in the world, raising money, doing great things. What, uh, how, how are you feeling now to kind of have uh, – I'm not going to say you're vindicated because no. I, I don't think it's that at all. Although there's some not-so-flattering stories out there about uh, about your guy. But I feel like right. those are kind of in the past. He uh, And those have never been substantiated either, you know. But, yeah, you know, Guy Fieri, I've always loved his shows. I love Triple D. I love Triple G. And uh, he's one of those guys where, like, it became, like, internet cool, like, to poke fun at, you know. Same, same thing like Nickelback. It's like, oh, screw Nickelback. Screw Guy. Oh, he wears his sunglasses on the back of his head? Who does he think he is, you know? But the guy's like one of the guy, guy and that dude is one of the most like philanthropic dudes ever. Like he goes out of his way. He created an entire show around just helping out local small businesses. I mean, how do you hate on a guy like that, you know? And uh, yeah, so it's been cool to kind of see him finally get some recognition and no longer be like, oh, he's got bleach blown hair. That's not being cool a long time ago. What a loser, you know? That would always kind of annoy me. So it is kind of cool to see him kind of getting his uh, – Getting his due a little bit because the guy, he does do so much for so many people. You know what I mean? I was watching a little Triple D before we started recording, and it was an older episode where uh, he was at a pizza place uh, in San Diego. And mm-hmm. I've been incredibly hungry ever since because yeah. the pizza looked so good. That and, is one of the problems with that show is you watch it and you get hungry, especially during the quarantine on Fridays when they have the marathon on and I'll sit there and watch it. Then I'll be like, all right, well, might as well make like three meals worth of food right now and eat it. You know, you got nothing else to do. <laughs> so we've, we've talked about Guy. We've talked about your grill. We've talked about your love of crockpot cooking. Now, one of the things that I just realized that I missed – but mm-hmm. I, it's the last thing that we're going to touch on here before we get out of here and let you go back to uh, getting your grill ready and uh, having, yeah. a, having a, a wonderful rest of your uh, dust-induced quarantine. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, 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 you crushed up some Cheez-Its uh-huh. and sprinkled them on your scrambled eggs. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I need to know more about this. What, where did this idea come from? 
how much weed had you smoked? Um, <laughs> what uh, did someone change out your melatonin gummies for some sort of drug? Um, how so, did this come about? Here's how that happened. So I came home from doing the show one day back when I was still able to go into the studio. So I came home. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make scrambled eggs a little hungry. So I'm making scrambled eggs. And, you know, I'm one of those people that, like, while I'm cooking, like, I'm like, all right, what can I munch on while I'm cooking, you know? So I reach in, and there's just a couple couple cheeses left in the bottom of the box, you know? And I eat them, and then the rest is just dust. And I was sitting there, I'm like, looking at the dust. I'm looking at the scrambled egg that were scrambled in the pan. And I was like, you know, maybe add a little, little cheese at crunch, you know? Because, you know, it's not, it's not a common. Just bring out some, like, you know, shredded cheese or something on top of your eggs. Right. So like, maybe add, add a little crunch. So I just dumped out like the, the, the crumblies at the bottom of the box and put them into the scrambled eggs. I ate. It was delicious. It, was, it had a little crunch, a little flavor because they're like the pepper jack kind of uh, Cheez-Its. And there you go. Man, oh, man. A little salt I, as well. Yeah. You know, it had a little salt and a little crunch. And my God, like I almost want to get a box of Cheez-Its and just smash with a hammer so they're all <laughs> smashed up. And then just use it as my scrambled egg stopping because I think I'm on to something here. <laughs> I... I never want to hear anyone say anything other than that Dana Wessel is a genius. <laughs> I think you. that we've proved it. This whole hour <laughs> has been nothing but proof of your brilliance, your humor, your high level of genius thinking. You are just a level above, head and shoulders, and one of the finest human beings that I have the privilege to know. Thank you once well, again. Like for coming on the show, tell the people you got. Uh, you know, plug away. Give a little plug, ski. You know, talk about. Uh, you know, maybe you don't have to talk about the radio show necessarily, but you know, give the people something. I know the people want to know more about you. Yeah, I mean, just follow me on twitter.com backslash Dana Wessel at Dana Wessel. I, I mean, if you ever know anything about me, I tweet about it all day, especially during the quarantine. I mean, what else you got to do besides tweet 50 times a day, you know, <laughs> with every with every random thought and dumb idea that comes into your mind. So, have, but have, I, you, I, have you checked in with Enterprise lately? <laughs> I think is I don't want to do it right now because I feel bad because their people are probably overloaded with like actual issues right now during the quarantine of people like needing, you know. So I almost feel bad tweeting my old employer like I usually do about like fake problems during the quarantine because their people are probably stressed enough as is they don't need you know some idiot like me messing with them so i haven't checked in with them just because for that very reason but, but you know you know you know in these troubled times people are looking for a semblance of normalcy so the fact true. that you have not sent any sort of weird text requests <laughs> to enterprise they they may think they may be worried that something bad they is might be worried about me yeah you're right. You know, that, that that kind of brings a full circle. You're talking about that earlier. You're right. I, I feel like I should, because of that, I will check in with them uh, later this afternoon and see how they're doing. So y'all can look forward to that. You can go check the archives. Dana has some great recurring Twitter bits. Can't recommend it enough. Go follow him. You won't be disappointed. And if you are, you're the asshole. <laughs> well, Dustin, thank you. Always a pleasure to be on here. Always fun to talk to you, whether it's just us on the phone, uh, shooting the bull or us recording in it for uh, the people to enjoy either way you're the best dude i appreciate it oh wait you know i forgot one one we'll, we'll do this real quick thumbs up thumb yeah. down thumb thumb up thumb down wrestlemania this year uh i watched the first 20 minutes of it and uh went hard thumbs down i just couldn't get into it i just couldn't I, it was just it was, i think it was weird. i think i think you are 100% accurate on that i would say maybe take a look at uh, aj styles undertaker boneyard match 
uh, completely okay. different than anything you would have ever seen uh, in a WrestleMania before. And uh, also uh, check out Night 2, John Cena, Bray Wyatt. It's not a wrestling match, but it is very weird, and it's got a bunch of nostalgia in it. It's a fun 20 cool. minutes. Awesome. I'll check those out, man. But, yeah, I took your advice, actually, because I asked you earlier in the weekend for I should watch WrestleMania, and you said, nah, watch a better WrestleMania on the network instead. So that's exactly what I did after 20 minutes of night one. I was like, F it, I put on WrestleMania 14. <laughs> I may cause quarantines, but I also give good advice. You do indeed. So, yeah, so that's why we that's why we still love you, Dustin. We're, we're all in this because of you, but you still give great wrestling advice, and that's one of the reasons why we love you. That's That's what I'm here for. Thank you, everyone, once again, for taking some time to listen to this episode of the COVID Chronicles brought to you by Just Another White Guys podcast. We know that uh, you have plenty of options um, to uh, to enjoy uh, in all this uh, free time that I've created for you. Uh, so make sure that, uh, that you're liking the show, subscribing to the show, share it with someone that you like or you hate. Either way is fine with me. I don't take offense. But uh, I really need the reassurance and the uh, the I, I just really need something that tells me that people care about me. So I need more people to listen to my show um, because that's how I am uh, fulfilled as a human spiritually. So if you could please make sure that that happens, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, please stay safe. Please uh, reach out to someone that uh, maybe you haven't talked to in a little while. Maybe someone you're Amen. on the outs with. Uh, try to heal uh, a broken relationship. Make make use of this time. And for the love of God, wash your hands. 